Getting the right leadership team in place is crucial if you want to be able to step away from your business, whether just for a long weekend, a vacation, or permanently. More than any other, there's one mistake we generally make about our leaders and managers that is the most costly. Stay tuned and I'll share what it is. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. Like any of you who worked as an employee for any significant length of time before becoming a business owner, I have had some really, really horrible bosses. I think I've talked about many of them on here before. Of course, I changed the names. That that would not be fair. But most of our managers, for those of us, again, who had a, a history of employment as an employee before we became business owners, most of our managers, I think we would all say were either mediocre at best or just not good or were complete jerks or worse. In fact, many of us actually started our business because we worked for such terrible bosses. So I would just invite you to just take a minute here and just think about the damage you've witnessed these people create when you were an employee. While you're doing that, I'll tell you, I worked with a guy who was a peer. He was a manager and he was just a pathological liar. He just, he literally could not tell the truth. Like if he was in front of, you know, an employee, John, he would tell John one thing and then he'd walk over and tell Sally something completely different. And it was over inconsequential things. It was just, it was just part of his DNA. He just could not routinely tell the truth about things. I, I told you about one boss I had who was literally the cruelest person I've ever met in my entire life. I've worked for another boss who was perhaps the most condescending person I've ever met in my entire life. And I'll ask you now, what percentage of the managers you worked for would you say were just terrible or bad or maybe not even mediocre? What percentage of all managers would you estimate are terrible? Now, most of the time when I ask that, people usually say somewhere around 80% are bad. It's, it's never in the minority. It's, it's always the majority whenever I've asked this before. And it's, it's a significant majority. It's usually around 80%. And we all know the number one reason people stay or leave a job has consistently been for decades their relationship with their direct supervisor. Employees generally quit their boss, not the job or the company. Now, the last few years, we've seen a massive change in wages, which has caused some shuffling of people around from industry to industry, company to company. I, you know, I think that that will end up being a wrinkle, not a new trend. I don't think that the, that, you know, 10, 15, 25, 40% wage increases over a year or two. I don't, I don't believe that's sustainable. I believe we've kind of seen the, the end of that. And certainly people made changes during that time because you know, listen, if you can get a 25% raise by moving companies, uh, maybe that was a great decision. I'm, I'm sure a lot of cases it was. So my point is, I think that's going to be a wrinkle. That will not be a new trend. It will go back to likely once this kind of wage stuff sorts itself out, which I think in large part it has for most of us. 
uh, it'll go back to being people will stay or leave jobs because of their relationship with their, their direct supervisor. It's just been a, a, a consistent trend for decades now. And another thing that, you know, you've heard me talk about on this podcast for, I was absolutely horrible when I started managing people. So there's plenty of people like me who maybe wanted to do a good job, just didn't have the skills. I mean, I, I guess my point is I, I would consider myself to be a person who strives to be, to do a good job and has a sense of fairness and a sense of wanting the company to be successful and wanting people in life to be successful. That still didn't, wasn't enough to make me a good supervisor or a good manager. I, I didn't have the skills. I didn't know what to do. I was, I was bad. And the more I didn't know what to do, the more frustrated I got. And the more I relied upon uh, tactics and strategies that just were not good. And, 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 you know, so some people are just, like I said, I've, I've worked for people who were just condescending and cruel and mean, but other people just lack the skills. So it doesn't, my point is that these people who are not good bosses aren't bad people necessarily. There's some that are, but there's some that just don't know what to do. And we know there are specific things that people do that make them a great leader, a great manager, and there's things that they can do that make them atrocious at it. So fast forward to when we become a business owner, then we need a leader. And we, we are in many cases exhausted when we finally get to hire a manager or a leader of some sort, a lead person, a superintendent kind of person, a office manager, like whatever it is. We are exhausted when, when this happens. We are burned out. We are, we are just hoping they will do a great job. We're tired. We just can't take on anymore or do anymore. We just need help, relief, a break once in a while. Like, can I just please take a two-day weekend once in a while? And here's the costly mistake many of us make. We inherently know that the vast majority of bosses out there are horrible. And again, I'm not saying they're horrible people. They just don't have skills. Sometimes they are bad people too. For those of us who struggled managing people at first, we know firsthand that it takes time, practice, effort, and a willingness to learn. Like It took me years of, of trying things and taking great advice from really good mentors, very smart people who were, who were very capable of teaching me. And it still took a long time to figure things out. We know that people quit their boss and not the company. We know that it costs a fortune to replace good employees. The, the expense of losing a couple of key revenue producing employees over the course of a year is off the charts. I mean, for most companies, it's easily in the six figures. We know bad managers can kill a company culture. And yet, because of our desperation, and our assumptions that people will do a good job and hope that people do a good job. Please just do a good job. Please just take this off my plate. Please just let me have some time and let me have a break and let me focus on something else besides this, this thing, this task, this whatever. Because we're so desperate, we are, we are so hopeful, we incorrectly come to believe that people we hire and promote to be managers and leaders will somehow beat the odds and be fantastic with little or no training. I've seen this as an employee uh, working for, for family, you know, businesses, small business owners. You know, I, I had uh, several of those I worked for before I you know, worked for a big corporation and went on to, to start my own business. I see this. I see the desperation. I see the, the people relying on hope and like, this just has to work. It has to work because I'm so desperate. I'm so at my wits end. I'm so wrung out. <laughs> and, and there's just this sense, well, they're a good persons and, and uh, I haven't had any complaints and you know, it, that as far as I know, they're doing great. You know, there's those kinds of things that, that indicate that we don't really know. 
We don't know what those conversations they have with their subordinate employees. We don't know the strategies they use. We don't know what the values are necessarily that they're using to make decisions, the criteria they they weigh to, to know how to handle it. And even if they have the great values and great criteria, do they have a, a practical skill set, a, a strategy they will employ when an employee does certain things? Do they know how to react to it? Do they know how you would want them to react to certain situations? Do they know when to be a teacher and a mentor and when to be more of an authoritarian? Do they know when to be a coach? They And if the answer is we don't know, but we, well, they seem like they're a good enough person. Like Sally seems like she's pretty good. Like I, I she seems okay. I, I think she's going to do a good job. Those are the kinds of things that we would say we don't know. And we just have to remember that based on our own experience, and if you ask 100 people what percentage of the bosses you've had were not good, it's it's generally pretty high. So we have to also calculate that the percentage of people that we would hire and promote would also not be good because it's not about people not being good people necessarily. It's just about them not having skills or strategies to use. And what can happen is is because we're so hopeful, we kind of we kind of have rose colored glasses, and we just assume that they're going to do a job, and we we assume that we would hear about it if things aren't going well, and we assume that they would reach out for help if they needed it, and we assume that somehow these indications would would happen for us that we would be become aware that things are not going well, and that's just not the case. Employees, in many cases, many many cases, or I was I would just I'm ballparking here, guessing over half, I would say, let's say it's only a third though. I would believe it's over half. Let's say it's only over only a third would endure intolerable situations and just quit before they went to the business owner. I just don't believe that 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 a ninety five percent would come to the business owner. They they would just believe this is what the business owner wants. And again, some would come to the business owner. And then what do you do? Then you got a you got the he said she said thing. You got well, I get this employee who doesn't like this thing we're doing. And I get the manager. Well, I have to support the manager. And so you're 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 in a situation where you have to support somebody in cases where you don't know if they did the right thing. You don't know if they know how to, to do these things, but you're so hopeful and so tired that you just you have to believe that they will. And and my point is the costs of operating that way are extreme. A a bad manager, I, I've seen a bad I've seen a bad manager, the guy who I was talking about who was really condescending. He took a fa- he inherited a fantastic culture. We had over sixty employees at this location where I worked. He had a fa- he inherited a fantastic culture, and in six months he ruined it. He just he flat ruined it, and and that company never really recovered strongly. Um, they just didn't. So the the costs of getting this wrong are are massive. The the cost of the culture, the cost of the production, the cost of the of you know recruiting people don't want to work in a crummy environment. Um, word gets out in your industry that, you know, so-and-so is just not a good, good manager. And, and so the, there are severe, significant costs associated with getting this wrong. And again, I get it. We're so hopeful that, that this person is going to do a good job because we just, we just need help. Please just give us help. <laughs> um, but we have to be mindful that unless we know, because we've taught them or we've heard them verbalize, here's the strategies I use, here's the skills I have, and we see them apply these skills and use this knowledge in a way that shows us and demonstrates to us they get it. We have no evidence of that. And we have to believe that we need to teach them. So how do we fix it? Well, we teach them. We hold their hand through situations. It, it's it's kind of like teaching a person how to drive. In the beginning, 
you put them in very controlled environments. I'm gonna we're gonna be in a parking lot in a Costco on Sunday. We're in the clo- after they're closed or whatever. We're gonna go to school when there's on a weekend when there's no way around. And the worst thing happens if you, you hit the curb and we pop a tire in our car. We're not gonna damage anybody else's stuff. And then you work up to a a, a, a very remote, slow side street, and then you work up to more, you know, a busier street. Then you know you work your way to the freeway. You don't just jump in the car and jump on the freeway. Same thing with with managers. We got to put them in controlled situations and see how they how they do, like how do they make decisions. Are they doing the right thing in this situation? That's that's very controlled and they, and their risks are low if they get it wrong. And once we've seen that, we move on to the next thing. But we cannot do what we what we what I see very often is we we forget the math of how many people we experience where we're not great managers. We forget all that. We we assume it's different in our case because it's us, it's our company. And we desperately need the help. So of course it's going to be different. And 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 I get that. But we just have to be mindful and we have to make sure we're taking the time to teach these people how to be good managers or verify that they know it. So more on that in a minute. First, you're almost certainly belong you almost certainly belong to some kind of industry association. Maybe it's the Texas Electrical Association or the California Plumbing, Heating, Cooling Contractors Association, whatever. If you are, you probably know that it can be really difficult finding qualified speakers who have real life experience talking about the things we discuss here and can speak to things that can really help your business. So just FYI, I speak of those kinds of things. I speak those meetings on a regular basis. So if you're looking for a speaker for your monthly zoom meeting, or you want a keynote speaker for your annual conference, or you want someone to prepare and run an all day workshop or a couple hour workshop, I'm ready to help. I do that kind of stuff. Just go to my website, www.serviceindustrysuccess.com and click on the button at the bottom that says book Brian to speak. So again, serviceindustrysuccess.com down towards the bottom click on the button that says book Brian to speak there's like a three question form you fill out and I get an email and, and we're off to the races there so the first thing on this thing with managers is we have to recognize that we must provide practical meaningful intentional training into our leadership team they are not going to just naturally have all the skills and tools they will need it's exceedingly unlikely that a person we promote who was great at their craft, they were a great electrician, they were a great carpet cleaner, they were great whatever, that we will promote them and they will have all the skills they need to be a great manager or a great leader, a great supervisor or whatever. It, it's, it's, that's exceedingly rare. If we, are, if we have that belief, we are almost certainly going to be wrong. The things that make you good at, a, at doing the craft are very different skills than leading people and managing people and coaching people and holding people accountable in a way that makes them more productive, not less productive. These are very different skills. And just because they know how to fix the thing, they know how to install the HVAC unit, doesn't mean that they're going to be great at leading people. Now, that doesn't mean we can't teach them. We absolutely can teach them. I promise you we can teach them all the skills they need to know. But we have to do that. We have to put practical, meaningful, intentional training into these people. They just It's, it's so unlikely they would get it naturally. We have to teach them. Our, our entire company's future relies upon it. The entire, your entire ability to, to be free, to take long weekends, take vacations, to, to run the business and worry about the marketing stuff and the bigger, bigger overarching direction we're taking the company rather than customer complaints and stuff like that. All those things are required to have a leadership team we can trust. And the only way we can trust them is that we are verifying and teaching and verifying that they have the skills to make these great decisions we can trust and to lead our people in a way that's productive and, and, and helping develop a better culture, not breaking it down and not making people want to quit. 
So we have to understand the risk reward ratio is, is off the charts bad if we don't teach our managers how to be great leaders. The, the cost associated with, again, just losing two revenue producing people in a year is well over $100,000 a year. And if you have a manager who's bad and maybe chases off three a year, I mean, holy smokes, that would be brutal, right? So point is here, this is, this is one of the things I see because we're in such desperate situations. We're so hopeful. We're so tired. We're so ready for some help. That we just think, okay, we'll get to that next week. We'll, we'll, yeah, I probably should do that. I think they're doing a good job, but if they're not, okay, I'll, I'll put some time into it next week, next month. And it just, it just doesn't, doesn't happen. And next thing you know, um, you've got a, a situation on your hands. And it doesn't have to be like an acute, like people storming out the door, or like a mutiny kind of, of situation. That is not what it takes to, to prove or show that there's a bad situation happening. There could be an undercurrent of resentment, an undercurrent of, of people just kind of being blase about things because they don't have a great leader. Like the, 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 those things, those kinds of costs are not measurable necessarily, but they do happen. So it does, it's not a situation where we can say, well, there hasn't been a big backlash. So th- things must be good. It's, that is not the way to measure this. There could be massive problems and you would never know. There could be massive problems costing you tons of money and they're just not acute. They're not, they're not right now in your face things, but they are still very significant. So um, this, in my mind, is the number one mistake, the most costly mistake we make with managers is assuming that the people we put in these positions are somehow just by luck better than all the ones we experienced ourselves. So don't forget, if you're looking for a keynote speaker, presenter for your monthly meeting or someone to teach a workshop, I'm your guy. Uh, Serviceindustrysuccess.com. Click on the button that says book Brian to speak down at the bottom. Don't forget to subscribe to this or follow this podcast. If you want to platform you're on, share this podcast with a friend or colleague who's a business owner or service industry. Uh, you never know what, what little tidbits people might pick up here that make their life a lot easier. Please, uh, please, that's how you found it. So, you know, share it with a friend. Uh, and if you haven't had a chance yet, give us a rating review. If you can spare a couple minutes, that's how we grow these things. And uh, appreciate all your help. Thanks for tuning in. And that's it for this week. I will see you all next week. <music>